Hi, this is Pastor Craig. Thank you for tuning in for the latest episode of my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. You can contact us at studyhiswordministries at yahoo.com. Thanks again. Good morning. This is Pastor and Bible Teacher Craig Heilman. Welcome to Study His Word, the radio ministry of New Hope Christian Ministries of Mount Gilead, Ohio. We are an independent Bible teaching ministry committed to bringing the clear and accurate teaching of God's Word to you. This morning, we continue with another study in our series from the book of Ephesians. If you would like to hear previous studies in this series, please visit our website, www.newhopemg.org. So now, grab your coffee and Bible, and let's get started. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So Paul is saying here, he's saying, just remember um, that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, and what they were referred to is they were referred to as the uncircumcision by the circumcision. So I want to look real quickly at a couple verses here. Turn back to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17, starting in verse 9. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. When God made His promises and made His covenant with Abraham and all of Abraham's descendants, they were to be circumcised. That was a sign of the covenant God had with them. If you weren't a descendant of Abraham, God had no covenant with you. God's covenant was with Abraham and his descendants. And therefore, that circumcision was a sign of that covenant. So this is what Paul is referring to here in verse 11. He says, Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, in other words, you were a Gentile, you were not part of the descendant family of Abraham. He says, who were called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. In other words, the, the nation of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, were known as the circumcision, and everybody else was known as the uncircumcision. So that's what Paul's saying here. He says, just remember that once you were of the uncircumcision, and they were the circumcision, and he says in verse 12 that at that time you were without Christ because you were not part of the covenant that God had. You were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Because they weren't part of the covenant, they had no hope. They had no promise. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's reminding them. Turn to uh, Colossians chapter 2. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, Paul explains what takes place through Christ. Colossians chapter 2, 11. In Him, 
You were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. The point Paul is making is the circumcision, the nation of Israel, that was something physically that was done by the hands to the body. But he's saying, but now you are considered circumcision something not done by the hands, but done by Christ. Because now that we have this relationship with God, we're in His promise. We're covered under His promises. And that's where we have our hope. But that makes us circumcision. And Paul's point being, not a circumcision by hand, but by Christ. While we're in Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter 1 Verses 21 and 22. And you who, were want, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now He has reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. Again, he's just making the point that we're brought in fellowship with God when we were once alienated, but now we're brought in fellowship with God and it's done by Christ's body, through His death. Romans chapter 9, verses 3 and 4, Paul says, For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises. What Paul was saying there in Romans was that he wishes that he could be separated from Christ if his fellow Israelites, if that would bring them fellowship. Because he says, and he talks about it here, he says, my countrymen according to the flesh. There again, it goes back to the promise and the covenant that God made to individuals based on their lineage, based on who they were. And it didn't have anything to do with their performance as far as they were automatically in a group of people that God had made promises to. Now, living under the law, it was performance required, but they were already in a position to receive it, as opposed to the Gentiles who were not in a position to receive the promises and the covenants and everything. That's what Paul's saying here. You're my countrymen according to the flesh. You're my brethren according to the flesh. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Paul says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. What Paul's saying here is... We have hope. And don't sorrow for those that have passed away in Christ because they had hope. And he's, and he's comparing that and saying, don't sorrow as others who have no hope. And again, he's making that point there about the hope that we have as believers. One last scripture I want to look at while we're looking at Ephesians 2, 11 and 12 here, and that's Galatians chapter 4, and it's going to kind of relate to this one we looked at in 1 Thessalonians. So, Galatians chapter 4, verse 8, But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. When you did not know God, you served by nature those that are not gods. 
The point here is our hope is in God because we have Christ. Think of the unbelieving world out there that they don't have that same hope. So what do they do? They put their hope in all different kinds of things. I mean, there's all, and it's all false hopes, but people put their hopes for the future, their hopes for their life in their job, in their relationships, um, in all different kinds of things. You know, sometimes when I'm standing in line at the gas station to buy my gas, and I see these people put large amounts of money down on the lottery, whether it be instant lottery tickets or whether it be the, you know, the million-dollar drawings, whatever. And I can't help and think to myself sometimes you know, how sad that is, the false hopes that people put in so many different things. And that's what Paul's saying here is that you know, when you didn't have God, you served all these other gods because you didn't have a true hope. So because you didn't have that hope that's in God, you were chasing after all these other gods, all these other false hopes. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And again, that's just a reinforcement of the fact that those who had been separated now are not separated and they've been brought by the blood of Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Paul says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. What he's saying here is, back when there was just the nation of Israel, the circumcision, that had those covenants and promises from God, if you were outside of that, you were outside of God. But now, because of Christ, there is no difference. It's available to all. That's why he says there's neither Jew, nor Greek, nor free, nor slave. Because we're all the same in Christ. We all have the same opportunity to receive the benefits from Christ, not based on our gender, not based on our ethnicity, not based on our social status. Those differences have gone away. Back when we were in Romans chapter 9, and he was talking about his brethren and that they had the benefit of adoption as, as sons, and they had the benefit of the glory of God through the covenant, that's what's been opened up to us today. We have the benefit of being adopted as sons of God. We have the benefits of, of the glory of God and being glorified. And there again, that's showing that there's no difference, basically, between Jew and non-Jew, between uncircumcision and circumcision, between Gentile and Jew we have those same opportunities to, available to us. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, picking up in verse 14. For he himself, that's referring to Christ, for he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. What is Paul saying here? He's saying that there was an enmity, there was a division between two people, 
those of the covenant and those not of the covenant. And now that's been done away with by Christ so that those two different groups can be made, those two different men can be made into one. We're all the same in the body of Christ. And that's what Paul's saying here. That's been done away with, and it's Christ that brings peace between the two when in the past there was division. Back in your Old Testament, Micah chapter 5, starting in verse 3. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and this one shall be peace. That's what Paul's talking about here in Ephesians, that this one, Christ, will bring everybody together and bring peace between the different groups, basically the circumcision and the uncircumcision. John chapter 10. Throughout his ministry, Jesus gives little hints about the fact that he's going to bring Gentiles to salvation. And see, during his ministry, that was not something that the disciples ever saw or understood because there were times when he told them, do not go into the city of the Gentiles. Do not go into Samaria. There were times when he said, I have come to seek and to save the lost sheep of Israel. So there was not this understanding on their part that Christ the Messiah had come for Jews and Gentiles. They understood that Christ had come as the Messiah to bring the kingdom to earth for the Jews. But Jesus drops hints along the way many times. This is a good example of it. John 10, verse 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. They didn't understand at the time, but what he's saying, there are other sheep that are not of this fold. There are other sheep that are not part of the nation of Israel, but they will hear my voice, and I will bring them, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And that's exactly what he's referring to here, and that's exactly what he did. And that's why Paul said that by this one, the two groups were brought together and peace between them. Galatians 6.15. First, hold your finger there in Galatians, because I want to I look at Ephesians uh, in chapter 2 there, that verse 15 again, and then you'll see why we're going to Galatians. But Ephesians 2.15, he says, that, you know, Christ having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create himself one new man from the two. Okay, now look in Galatians 6, verse 15. He says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. He was talking about there in Ephesians about, about the ordinances and the laws that they once had, and now he's saying there in, in Galatians, that now that avails you nothing. It doesn't matter whether you are part of the circumcision or not. Being one avails you nothing, benefits you nothing. It benefited you nothing after Christ to be of the circumcision or to not be because it's all been brought together by Christ in one. 
And those ordinances that he was talking about, of course, were all the commandments that were given to Israel, Israel, the Mosaic laws and all the different commandments that they had. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Basically, all the requirements are gone, all the laws are gone, all that's gone. It's Christ, it's his blood, and he's taken all that and he's nailed it to the cross. And that's what our hope is. Our hope is we don't have to follow commandments and laws and and rules and regulations and go to festivals three times a year, travel to Jerusalem, and we don't have to sacrifice animals on the altar, and we don't have to pay three tithes. Someday we'll talk about tithing, but we don't have to pay three tithes. It's, it, none of that is, is here. It's all gone. Christ has done away with all the laws and ordinances and commandments and requirements. Now, understand that we're saved through His grace, and as a Christian, there are certainly standards of behavior as far as the kind of life we live, just because the law was done away with does not by any chance mean that we can live completely lawless lives. But it's through His His grace that we'll be able to live a holy life where we do essentially fulfill, you know, obeying the laws, living that type of a life. But it's through His grace. It's not through our dedication of making sure that we follow every single law because the law proved that man could not follow every single law. While you're there in Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now He has reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. So in the old days, under the Old Testament laws, how were you reconciled with God? Through the law. If you were a Gentile, how were you reconciled with God? Typically you weren't. There are exceptions. We see in the Old Testament where Gentiles through their faith, were reconciled with God, but it wasn't a typical thing. You were, as Paul says, without hope. And so how are these groups now reconciled? As it says right in there, we are reconciled to God by the shedding of Christ's blood. That's how He does it. Ephesians 2, verse 17, And He came and preached peace to you who were afar off, and to those who were near. Isaiah. Isaiah 57, verse 19. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him is far off, and to him who is near, says the Lord. And that's what Paul's saying here. To those far off and to those near, peace. Peace comes. And those that are close were the Jews, and those who were far off were the Gentiles. And Christ is going to bring peace to both of them. Verse 18, Ephesians chapter 2. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. 
Ephesians 2.18, he says, For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. John chapter 10, verse 9, Christ is speaking. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Paul's saying that through Him, both Jews and Gentiles, circumcision, uncircumcision, through Him they have peace. And that's what Christ is saying there in John. I am the door. If anyone enters me, this is what I have for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. So what he's saying is, doesn't matter, Jew or Greek, we are all. And when he says we are all baptized in, he's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's not talking about water baptism. There are many, many times in your Bible when they talk about baptism, they're not talking about water baptism, a physical water baptism. They're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he's saying here is, For by one Spirit we are all baptized into, brought into the body, whether you were Jew or Greek, whether you were slave or free, we've all been made to drink into that one Spirit. And that word drink refers to the taking of in. So we're taking in of that one Spirit. Those are terms that sometimes get confused and abused and misused, but understand that he's talking about baptism of the Spirit, not a water baptism. So let me just kind of wrap it up there. And the, just to summarize what Paul is saying here in Ephesians, that at one time there was a program for God's chosen people the descendants of Abraham. God had a specific program for the descendants of Abraham. If you were a descendant of Abraham, you had a covenant made with you. You had promises made to you that were available to you. As a sign of that covenant, you were circumcised. If you were not part of that descendant family of Abraham, the covenants and promises did not apply to you. You put your hopes in other gods. But now, through the crucifixion, resurrection, the shed blood of Christ, God's program is available to anyone, regardless of their ethnicity. And that's what Paul's saying here. And that through Christ, he's brought together the two groups that were at odds with each other. The Jews and the Gentiles were at odds with each other during that time. And now Christ has brought them all together, and there is no difference. We're one in the same. So
Thank you for listening to Study His Word Radio Broadcast. Study His Word Radio Broadcasts are brought to you by New Hope Christian Ministries of Mount Gilead, Ohio. For information regarding our Sunday evening Bible studies and other ministries, please visit our website at newhopemg.org. Please join us next week at this same time on this radio station for another broadcast. Thanks again for listening. Please make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you will not miss a single episode of our podcast. Have a great day.